name is Tin. And hi, my name is John. My name is Roseanne. And we are Desire for Holiness. We are three young Catholics ready to share with you our desire to be holy through our stories, our imperfections, and our love for Christ. In the end, you don't have to be perfect to be a masterpiece. God works through our brokenness and puts his pieces back together more beautifully than we could ever do ourselves. And don't forget to subscribe and hit the post notification bell so you can keep up to date with all our new episodes. Hope you all enjoy. God bless. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Desire for Holiness. And today's episode, we have a very special guest. And no, it is not Olaf. It is our very amazing friend, Rachel, from co-host of In the Thicket podcast. And you should check it out. We'll put the link in the description for her. But thank you, Rachel, for coming and joining us today. Oh, thank you for having me. And also, thank you for bringing Olaf on because yes. he's pretty awesome. I he love is, him. He's probably the best <laughs> snowman. Sorry, Frosty, but he took your place. I'm sorry. That's controversial, but I think I agree with you. Yeah, yeah. I, it's, but it's, it's, it's okay. But he, he is he is anyone can anyone can come at me Olaf is the better snowman but, um, but anyways so today <laughs> we're going to be talking to Rachel about Christian suffering but before we dive deep into the discussion today um, we are going to do like we always do we're going to talk ask Rachel some quick fire questions and if this is your first time listening for those um the quick fire question segment of our episode is just so we can get to know Rachel a little bit more. So we're going to ask her some fun questions and hopefully get some amazing answers just to, not hopefully, we will, it's Rachel. Y'all find <laughs> yeah. out. Y'all, y'all, we'll get, y'all know. But <laughs> yeah, no pressure or anything. But <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> okay. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm You're ready. ready? Cool. Yeah. Here we go. Here we go. Okay. So the first question, mm-hmm. if you could be any animal, what animal would you be? <laughs> Okay, I have two answers. Uh, when I was a practicing lawyer, I wanted to be a hippo because hippos just get to hang out in like like a basically like spa water all day and just do nothing. But they're also really like intense and they can like beat you down and hurt you if you're like in, you know if they want to intimidate you. So it's like that. So I want to be a hippo. But I also really like the idea of like an eagle because eagles like they get to fly and they're really like have they sharp they have sharp eyesight and you know there's like cool symbology about eagles and stuff like that so I think one of those I mean I love animals though there's so many others like dolphins or dogs or horses like there's so many, yeah. there's so many cool animals that I could be, but I will say at one point I distinctly remember being like I identify with the hippo I identify, <laughs> I identify with the hippo that's awesome I, I feel close to the hippo yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, yeah. that's awesome <laughs> that's, that's no awesome to get you next time <laughs> oh hippo, hippo? yeah oh, the hippos are actually so adorable honestly especially in the stuffed animal format it is, they are very adorable it <laughs> like, is true it is true <laughs> i don't know why i said it like that but anyways moving on it's true though <laughs> okay and we've heard okay so we did a little bit of research we've done a little bit of research a little bit of intel all right um, and we've heard that you are a little bit of a foodie mm, that <laughs> maybe is not a little maybe not true. a little bit maybe that's doesn't very yeah it doesn't even do justice yeah <laughs> i, I <laughs> love food foodie. yeah okay, so <laughs> what is your favorite dessert <laughs> oh that's really hard i think <laughs> i don't even know if this is valid because i love dessert so much but I think my sister and I have literally had conversations about this long conversations and we decided <laughs> and like serious conversations. Oh, 
this oh is very gosh. serious, John. I don't know what you're laughing about. This oh, I'm is sorry. a very serious topic. Okay. <laughs> okay, 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 um, okay. Yeah. So I think brownies might be like the perfect dessert if you couldn't have any other dessert because they're like cake and they're chocolate and you can warm them up and you can have them with ice cream or you can just like they're like portable. You can make them a little fancier. So I think like brownies is one of my favorite. Another favorite of mine. So that's probably my top, but I also really love, um, my mom makes this like trifle, which, which is just like ice cream and like fruit and then yeah. cake. And you just like let mm-hmm. the ice cream melt down into the fruit and into the cake and it like soaks into the cake. It's so good. Oh. And, and pie warmed up with vanilla ice cream, especially strawberry rhubarb pie. That is my favorite pie. I love oh, okay. wow. I'm sorry. I can't pick one answer. Yeah. Clearly, well, that's, you that's, asked that's, me that's, rapid fire questions. No, that's, that's okay. Like, that's okay. Yeah. I'm just very shocked at how complete that answer was. It's it was very, very well like, thought out. Let me tell yeah, you. Right it was off very the well back. thought out. Like you had yeah. like every like the brownie answer. Like every like base was covered. Like yeah, you, was. you stated your opinion yeah. and you gave very good supporting evidence. It was like yeah. it was, <laughs> supporting evidence. Like you convinced me that brownies yeah. are the best dessert out there. Wow. Spent, yeah so I was gonna say we spent like 10 minutes I think one time because Rachel was my for those listening she was my face study leader for CCO yeah. face studies and we talked about it like one time for 10 minutes or more mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yep that tracks 100 <laughs> percent that is hilarious <laughs> oh man okay 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 let's move on before we get too carried away then right yeah. <laughs> well, okay <laughs> on a different note what mm-hmm. is your favorite prayer oh probably another hard question to answer honestly but. <laughs> it's a good question I think I mean I guess this is pretty generic but I think probably be our father like I think you know it's like the prayer Jesus taught us and it's and it just I think puts us in the reminds us of our relation like the right relationship that we're supposed to have with God um yeah, I think probably be our father is my favorite. Oh wow. Yeah. Or man, oh. I can't do one. I'm trying to do one, but I can't. Um, the Jesus prayer. I love the Jesus prayer. Like, you know, um oh. Jesus. Well, there's different forms of it. The one I say is like Jesus, Son of the Living God, have mercy on me, a sinner. And it's like just something, it's a very Eastern practice. Just repeat that. But mm-hmm. I love that. That's another one I really love. <laughs> it's okay it's okay it is hard to pick up it is hard to, it's hard to pick a favorite uh, yeah because they're all really they're all good they're all good they are all good it's true yeah. <laughs> okay okay so moving on. we have so we've done a lot of research actually just based on the other question about the dessert we have more. <laughs> so we know that you are a little bit of a songwriter maybe a little bit is also doing <laughs> um, but do you have a favorite song that you've written <laughs> Um, I, yeah, I think, so I wrote one, I, I, I played it on like Kathleen and Jesse, who are friends of mine and campus minister, Kathleen's campus minister at Mac before I was, which is, you know, which is how I know, uh, John and Roseanne and, and Tin, how I like got into connected with all of you guys. But, um, yeah, so she, she had a coffee house one time on her Instagram. I played it. It's called The Way. It's just a really kind of short song. I really, really like it. It's, I like it because it came very easily. Like I just wrote it sort of, I literally probably wrote it in like 10 minutes. <laughs> and that's okay. always a nice feeling when you're like, oh, this is just like, the song is just literally, come, you know, it's just kind of flowing out. And those are 
those are usually kind of the best ones I think the ones that just kind of flow so yeah, yeah. oh I remember hearing that I yeah. was like oh my gosh it's Rachel she finished off the I think it was a coffee house or yeah like a- it was like a coffee house online yeah during during lockdown I think yeah yeah it was really fun but yeah crazy 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 okay now so those are all the questions quick fire questions so now we know a little bit more about Rachel (laughs) now we're going to dive a little bit deeper into Rachel's story and her testimony so Rachel I'm going to open up the floor to you to share any part of your faith journey or faith story with us okay so um yeah I mean I am a cradle Catholic so I you know was brought up in a very practicing Catholic family and um, I have an uncle who's a priest now. Uh, he wasn't then, like when I was growing up, he wasn't a priest, but we were very close with him and he was always involved in ministry. So there was always like ministry and faith all around me as a, as a, as a child. And I think a lot of people have, have different personalities, right? And I'm like kind of a, I guess like a dreamer, like a mat, like I had a lot of like very active imagination as a kid. And I remember even as a kid, really being curious about the meaning of life. Like that really mattered to me even as a kid. And I would always think about like God and, you know, the star, like, you know, people talk about looking at the star. I love looking up at the stars and just being like, wow, it's so big and thinking along those lines, you know? And I had a, a very strong childlike faith when I was, when I was a kid and it was very well nurtured. So I had, I love the saints, from the time I was very young as well. My grandmother had these comic books actually of the saints lives, which I still have. I wish maybe I'll take a picture and send it to you guys and you can post on Instagram or something, but like there are these like vintage, like comic books from the seventies of like different saints lives. And I loved them. So I would like read them as a kid and I just like fell in love with all these stories and it was really epic to me. It seemed really epic to be a saint. Like it was like, it seemed like a really exciting thing to do. And I remember wanting to be like a soldier for God, you know, like I remember being like, oh, I want to like be like a, you know, that kind of thing. And then, um, and then I would say when I got to high school, so that was pretty consistent. My faith was pretty consistent till about like my early teens. And at that point I started to experience in my prayer life, like God not, like, I didn't know what it meant for God to respond to my prayer in in relationship to me. So what I would pray and then I wanted, I want, want to hear God's voice and I, I couldn't. And so I would just answer myself, you know, I'd be like, God, like, please help me with this. And then I would imagine what God might say in response to me, but I knew that it was just me imagining God's response. It wasn't really God. And that really threw me into sort of doubt because I was, I was really, like, well, if I'm just pretending God's voice in my head, then like, why do I have to pretend? Like if God's real, he, he should be able to answer me. I should be able to hear him, you know? So I went through a period of probably like a year of really struggling with that and also struggling with different kinds of sin in my own like life, like nothing that was, you know, earth shattering or like I wasn't addicted addicted to drugs or like, you know, anything like that. But like in my own world, my own experience of sin at that time. And it was pretty intense for me. And so I, I was struggling with a lot of sin and I was also struggling with a lot of doubt. And I had some really good advice um, from my uncle actually at the time who just said like, just start journaling, just talk to God like every day. Like, even if you don't believe in him, just like start journaling and, and 
don't edit, just say exactly how you feel and just start talking. So I did that for a long time. And I got to a point, I remember one time I came home from school, I feel like I was like 15 maybe. And, um, and I was, had a bad day and I was really upset. (laughs) And my, it was my, my uncle's big part of this part of my journey. So he was uh, visiting from abroad at the time. And before he left, we would do a thing where we'd pray together as a family. And it was the night before he left. And so I was called down to pray with my family. And I was like, I really like, that's the last thing I want to do. I don't want to think about God. I don't want to talk to him, but I had to. So I went downstairs to pray. And I remember giving God an ultimatum, which is not something I necessarily recommend (laughs) giving God ultimatums is not the way, uh, not a great way of being in relationship with him, but that was where I was at. And so sometimes you just got to be where you're at, you know? And I, so I gave him this ultimatum when I was like, okay, if you are real, you have to do something and show up. Like you have to show me that you're real. And if I don't get that from you today, like literally I was like, if I don't get that from you today, I'm done. Like basically I'm going to be an atheist. Cause, cause I'm also, I think I'm a truth seeker. And I think that's a really important thing for everybody for me anyways, it was. And so I was like, if God isn't real, I don't want to live in like a delusional fantasy world. I want to live in reality. So I, I went downstairs to pray. And in the midst of that time of prayer, um, I had a very pow- like I had a very powerful experience of God and essentially it was through the scripture verse, um, from Isaiah that says, be not afraid. I am with you. And, um, it's a long kind of story as to exactly what happened, but, I heard, essentially, I heard the Lord's voice say that to me in a moment where I got very afraid because all through the prayer time, I wasn't experiencing God. I wasn't hearing him. And I was getting more and more afraid because I was thinking, oh my gosh, like maybe that isn't real. And if he's not real, like what do I, how do I structure my life? What is the foundation of my life? And what does life even mean? You know, like, and, and I was prepared to tackle all those questions, but they were scary questions. And I was starting to get really afraid. Um, and essentially this quote popped into my mind from mother Teresa, who said, um, you know, something to the effect of if we are full of ourselves, there isn't any room for God. And so in that moment, I was like, my gosh, I'm full of fear right now. And if God is trying to like reach me, there's no room for him because I'm just like panic afraid right now. And I just remember all that fear, just like draining from me internally. And I was just, I've never experienced this ever since, but like total, um, like complete like emptiness but not like uh despair emptiness just like open emptiness and it was like very peaceful and very silent interiorly and it was not something I did it just happened to me and I was like what and then in that emptiness came into that emptiness came this experience of God's voice saying you know be not afraid I'm with you and so And it was something that I couldn't really fabricate on my own. I'd never experienced it. No one ever had told me anything about experiences like that. I hadn't even really seen that in other people's lives. Like that's not common in my family or anything like that. So I really um, knew that it was God. And after that, I'm kind of a person who operates on conviction. So after that, I was like, well, if God is real, then that's what's most important And if that's what's most important, then that's what I want my life to be about, because that's just how my brain works in a way, you know? So I was like, I want to do the best thing. And that's definitely the best thing is to make my life about God. And so that's pretty much set the direction of my life from that point onwards, I would say. 
yeah that's my testimony <laughs> <laughs> Wow, like, I'm sorry, I'm just like, just because I was like, whoa. <laughs> um, yeah. Now, like, you've gone into, like, just like you mentioned that we know you through Mac or me, because you're the campus minister, and like, it's led you to so many things, like, going and hosting, co-hosting in the Thicket podcast. Okay. Like, wow, like, thank you, Rachel, for just seriously just thank you for your gift <laughs> like Aww, thank you. yeah <laughs> I, I never really got to thank you for everything you did because when I came to MAC like you you were the like one of the people who really welcomed me and made me feel like loved and like you would de-stress me when I would like stress <laughs> about school <laughs> <laughs> I get that <laughs> stress though <laughs> I totally yeah. get it yeah and so, yeah, just thank you for being a light for myself and for, like, so many others, like, in Maxa and actually, like, everywhere, because, you know, in the thicket. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thanks for saying that. I mean, I think that when we give our lives to God, and I think that's what you guys are doing, right? Like, God just, he, a verse or, like, an idea that I would say is pretty um, defining in my life is the two, I always get the number wrong too. Five loaves, two fish. Is that what it is? Okay. I always get, is that right? That I, makes I, sure. I think it is. I always get the numbers wrong, but yeah, that kid, I feel like that kid is me. You know what I mean? Like I identify so much with that kid because I'm like, I think God, because I'm in my thirties now. And when you, and as you guys, you know, keep growing in your faith, as we all keep growing in our faith, we, by God's grace, become a lot more humble. Like we realize, you realize how much, the more you know, you realize how much you don't know. And mm -hmm. the closer you grow to God, the, the more you realize how far you are from him yeah. in a way, you know what I mean? And yeah. that's like tracks, like all the saints. Like that's why some you're, you read some of the saints' lives, you're like, I don't understand because they're like how far I am from you God and they're like in ecstasy and all this stuff and you're like how why are you saying that <laughs> what do you mean right so but it's because that's just naturally what happens when we get closer to God and I think for me that's definitely what, what has happened and so I realized like I, I know it may appear even to other people because of stuff that I've done or my life or whatever for external reasons that, oh, you know, somebody has it all together, but you know, like every one of us knows how that, how untrue that is and how much we really, it's by the grace of God that we are any, you know, where we are. And so that's my favorite passage because I always think of, or my favorite idea for my life is since I always think like, okay, this kid brought Jesus, basically his lunch, you know, like some yeah. bread and some fish yeah. And with his like tiny, like lunch, God fed like 5,000 people. So that's literally what God does. Like we give him the tiny littlest bit of whatever we have, which is what he has given us anyways, to begin with. Mm -hmm. And then he just like multiplies it. And then we get to see that miracle happen, you know, and, and then, you know, it's not you. Cause you're like, that's not, <laughs> like, I <know laughs> you're like, I couldn't have done this. <laughs> right exactly yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah those points are so beautiful like again thank you for sharing your testimony and also mentioning that verse so on point. <laughs> I love it um, 
we're going to, yeah, we're going to switch gears a little, but not mm -hmm. too much because our first question for you, um, we heard you talking about the saints and also um, talking about that moment in your life where there was just suffering and going through like intense sin and you're mm -hmm. like, Lord, where are you? <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. So our first question for you is, um, do you have any tips of bearing our crosses just like the saints did or to not lose hope in the face of suffering? Mm -hmm. I think that's such a good question. I think, first of all, there are, we have to, I think it's St. Teresa of Avila who talks about like knowing yourself is a really important thing, right? Um, and I heard, I saw Tin go like this, which is like, <laughs> she loves her. I love her. She's so awesome. Oh my gosh. Um, but like knowing yourself is so important. I think that helps with our crosses because there are some crosses that God gives to us, like who he kind of like allows them to happen in our lives. And there are some crosses that we create or like give to ourselves. And I don't mean this to make people feel like super guilty and scrupulous. That's a bad idea. Don't go down that road. But, <laughs> but mostly to say like, you know, like I know that for example, if I have sinned in some way, there are some consequences to what I've done sometimes that sometimes God just takes away those consequences, but sometimes he doesn't. And sometimes I can make that experience easier for myself. If I, if I experience the prompting of the Holy spirit and I go in his direction, it usually helps with those kinds of crosses where yeah. it's something that I'm, I'm, if I'm harming myself, really, I guess that's what I mean. If I'm harming myself and there's something conscious in that, in that act, and I'm aware of it, mm -hmm. maybe there's something I can do to make that easier. So those are certain kinds of crosses that maybe we can work on through our prayer life with support and different things like that. Um, and it's not something we should obsess about in a, in a scrupulous way. Again, I think that's really important because a lot of people do that and it's, and it's not where God wants us to go. So in a very gentle way in God's, in, in the presence of God and with the people that love us, we work on those parts of our lives, mm -hmm. but there are crosses that are part of our lives of no choice of ours or anyone else's like things like illness, things like, um, you know, I don't know, like even, even doubt can be something that we're not really choosing, but it can just happen. It can be a part of our spiritual journey. And those crosses I think are a lot trickier. Um, and I think we have to be honest with ourselves. So part of the reason, so I'm a co-host on this podcast in the thicket and we are basically talking about suffering in every episode in some way, shape or form, because we realized um, this is three, uh, two friends of mine and a, a third who, who prays for us in the background, which is great. Um, the four of us would meet in an Exodus 90 kind of group together. And we realized that just sharing our crosses with each other in an honest, vulnerable way helped us so much in that Christian community of love to grow and also bear our crosses and see the moments of grace and see the ways God was helping us. So I think to be honest, first of all, with God, and if there's one or two people that you really trust mm -hmm. to open up about a cross in your life, it's mm -hmm. very helpful to do that. And just start listening, just start observing, like, what are, what are your feelings about it? How are you processing things? These are very human things, but if we don't, if we go straight to the spiritual and like, we do all the, you know, we think that, that our prayer lives are like medicine or something in a, in a prescriptive way, doesn't work quite like that. It's more like a process. Our prayer is like 
it's more like going to the gym than it is like taking a pill, you know, like you have to keep, be aware of yourself. You have to know where you are. You have to listen to the voice of God leading you and guiding you. Um, and also know that this cross is for your good in the end. That is the, the verse I think that helps me the most, but you can't get there at the beginning. Like you can't know that a cross is for your good when you're in the middle of that excruciating pain. At that point, you just need to experience the love of God and the mercy of God and the support of people who love you and care about you and can walk with you. That is a very like roundabout answer, <laughs> but yeah. yeah. That, was <laughs> that was great. That was beautiful. And, and actually, it actually segues into our next question very Yay. nicely, very <laughs> nicely, actually, because um, you, you mentioned how like suffering um, is, is all like in the end for our good. Mm-hmm. to help us like grow um so how'd you go about telling someone that like suffering like isn't completely bad but actually like a gift from god which is like kind of counterintuitive to how we would think of suffering but how do you how would you go about telling someone it actually is a gift from god yeah that is so first of all i probably wouldn't to be honest i uh, wouldn't and not because it's wrong that's absolutely correct in a certain in a certain sense but mm-hmm. It depends on the person and it depends on what, where they're at in their suffering. So for example, if someone is um, like, uh, what's a good analogy? If someone like hurts themselves physically, like they have a burn or something, you don't do step nine of their healing before you do step one. You know what I mean? Like the first thing you do is triage. You get there, you, there's certain things that you have to do in order for them to heal well. So as human beings, there, that happens to us emotionally as well. And none of us are perfect at knowing where somebody is at. So one of the things we talk about on our podcast actually is to get to know, like to be acquainted with the suffering of that person. Suffering is almost like it can be holy ground if we approach it that way. Um, it's an opportunity for us as people who are accompanying people to receive them in their suffering. And it often requires a lot of sacrifice because the hardest thing to do, like all of us want to fix suffering. And in your question, John is so good because it implies that sometimes it can't be fixed when it can't be fixed, there is good in it. But in order to see the good, you have, people have to experience being loved in the midst of their suffering, you know, to an extent. So for those of us around surrounding someone who's suffering, we have to have the patience to actually walk with them, not to try to fix it, not to try to make them feel better right away, but just to have the strength and the patience to listen and receive their suffering, which can be very, very difficult. But it's that's how we have to listen to the promptings of the Holy Spirit and how we do that. Um, and we actually have a very couple of really good episodes um, that we did with uh, a, a woman who is a cancer survivor and also a sister of life who is so amazing. <laughs> and they both shared different tips on how to do that. So I won't go into that. If you guys want, you can, I mean, that's not a plug, honestly, it's just so much information. <laughs> that we don't have time, right? it's, no, it's okay. Um, it's okay. Good. It's a plug. Check out in the podcast. <laughs> yeah. But I swear I'm plugging mainly because I, they have so much more wisdom than I can share with you right now. And there's lots more out there, right? There's so many books and so much good stuff about that but the best way to do it is there's someone someone suffering in your life just love them and ask god to help you know them well so you can love them well you know mm-hmm. um and another way to show i would say showing people through the suffering in your own life 
that it can be a good. And that means in your own walk with the Lord, being having integrity in being real about your struggles with him, you know, and um, allowing that journey to inform all your conversations with other people. Um, and it can be a real witness, like to suffer well in this world. Cause I think you rightly pointed out, John, that we don't know. It's very count- countercultural to think of suffering as a possible good or that good can come from it. Um, so our lives can be a witness to that and how we carry our own crosses and suffering, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, thank you. That's honestly every, all of your answers. I know you said it was like a very roundabout answer, but you cover <laughs> all the bases. Like, okay, I love it. <laughs> Thanks, of course. Our next question for you is if you have any advice on being vulnerable yet emotionally chaste when sharing your suffering with others? Man, I think I said this to you guys before, but these are such great questions. I feel like you could almost have like an hour long conversation on each question easily because they're so good. Um, I love that you guys are thinking about stuff like that, but stuff like this specifically. Um, yeah, I think boundaries are really important. It's not like, it's not necessarily prudent to share all the details of our inner lives and our struggles. Um, And that's important to know, like you don't, to trust someone or to gain someone's trust, you don't have to unload every detail of everything that's happened to you. And I'm the first person to say that this is something that like, I'm naturally, clearly a verbal processor and naturally somebody who likes to share, like I'm a sharer, you know? Um, But I think that there, again, coming back to the sacredness, the holiness, not just of suffering, but of our own interior lives. I think that's what we have to keep in mind when we, when we discern how to share with people is know that what you have with the Lord is a precious reality. And, and so you, you deal with it in that way with a lot of care and a lot of, um, like you don't do it out of fear. Don't not share with someone because you're afraid to share with them. Mm-hmm. don't share because you don't feel called to, you know, and that's kind of a, there's a distinction between those two things. Obviously, if you are afraid of someone, then definitely don't share with them. <laughs> like you have to feel like it has to be appropriate, a relationship, an appropriate relationship to share very deeply with somebody. Um, and it has, and, but sometimes there will be situations where the Lord will call you to share when you are afraid, like in a crowd, or there's a story that he is going to use to serve the kingdom. And that's great, you know, and I think God, through your prayer, through people that you know, through spiritual direction, if that's something that you're able to have, or um, even just talks with friends that you trust, he'll show you what stories from your life are things that are going to serve and help others and things that he wants you to share. Um And yeah, and I think the last thing I would say is like our woundedness is also very delicate and it's, it's uh, in process, right? When we're wounded, we're in process. And the last thing we want to do is to wound someone else (laughs) with our woundedness, because um, sometimes we react out of pain without realizing it. And that's okay if it happens because we're doing our best and that's all anyone can do. Um, But if you're at least aware of it, you might pause sometimes before um, telling somebody something or sharing something or reacting in a certain way. Cause you might realize like, Oh, maybe I'm reacting not out of love, but of my own pain. And this is not the moment 
to share that pain. Um, but yeah, but definitely God uses our brokenness and our, and our stories of struggle in beautiful ways. And we shouldn't be afraid of allowing him to do that. Just be aware of God's calling and promptings as you do that, I would say. Yeah. Wow. That was an amazing <laughs> response. I really liked how you said listening to God's promptings is important. Just, yeah, which is really important, I think, to remember. Um, I was also wondering, do you have, so like when, when it comes to the suffering that we have, what are ways that we could also um, like offer our suffering? Like, yeah, like, do you have any advice on that? Mm -hmm. Actually, you know, when you said that, Roseanne, it just, when you were, um, before the question, you said something that made me realize, like, there's two virtues, I think, that are really important. And I want to mention those when it comes to sharing our stories with people or just like the mission that God is calling us to and how suffering plays into that and how we share our suffering. So basically it's prudence and courage. You know, we have to have courage and we have to have prudence. And those are the two, those kind of help us now get that middle ground, right. You know, not acting out of fear and not acting out of a lack of discernment or a lack of prudence. So if we, if we just keep working with God to have courage, but also be prudent, then he'll lead us slowly to that place. And again, I want to really emphasize, like, we all are going to make mistakes along that road. You are going to have relationships with people that you're accompanying in their suffering or people who you're sharing your stories of suffering with. We're going to be like, I should not have said that. That was a mistake. <laughs> this is a disaster. All those things. <laughs> will definitely happen. And that's okay, because that's also helpful for our growth and humility. So humility is great. You know, when we make mistakes, praise God, because we grow more humble and God is God. We are not, and we don't have to be. So I think that's really important to not be, not put such high pressure on ourselves that we are not able to recover from the reality of making mistakes, which every single one of us is going to do in this journey. So that's really important. Um, powerful. <laughs> you know what because suffering is messy guys like I mean you guys know we all know this from just being alive right suffering is a real mess is real messy business and God knows that more than more than any of us so he 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 will transform everything that we give back to him so we don't have to be obsessively worried you know mm -hmm. um but the, coming back to your question, Roseanne, uh, I'm sorry about, what was your question again? I literally forgot it just now. Oh, no worries, no worries. <laughs> oh, good. That was really great. Um, it was also just like talking about suffering, like how are, how can we offer up our suffering? Like what are ways we can do that? Or do you have advice for that? Right. So I think people can do this. Depends on the kind of personality you have. I've always wanted to have a book of names of people that I want to pray for. I know I don't have it though. Like I keep in my head, I'm like, Oh, I have to do it. And I just literally, it's been like decades and I keep thinking I have to do it and I haven't done it yet. But I, that's my dream is like to finally sit down one day because there's so many people, like as you build relationships with people, you just learn about, there's so much suffering, right? Like there's just so much suffering in the world. And when we suffer, we can offer our pain for the, for the relief of others. Like we ask God to relieve the pain of other people's suffering through our suffering. And, and I, and I actually, I think it helps a lot. So, um, I'll, I'll give you guys an example. Actually, um, we were talking before the podcast about siblings and how we, you know, but we have different numbers of siblings and close, our closest with our siblings. So I'm very close with both my siblings. I have two younger siblings 
And at one point, my brother, it was, I was in a long time ago, like over a decade ago, I was in university or maybe about a decade ago, I was in university and my, and I wanted to get more into working out, like into a better workout regime. And my brother's a lot more athletic than I am. And I was like, I really get so intimidated when I would go to the university gym and there's like all these people and they like know how to use all the machines. And like, you know, it was just really intimidating. And at that time I was not like my fitness level was le- like not at my you know, peak fitness level. So I was like, I just feel really intimidated and I just don't (laughs) want to do it. And he, and at that time, my, my, a good friend of mine and I were trying to do this together and she knew someone who was our age. So a young person who just got diagnosed with cancer. And my brother gave me an idea. He was like, why don't you just offer up your workout for someone who is like, who can't physically work out right now? Like, cause it's a gift that you can work out. Like, why don't you just offer up your workout? And I was like, what? And I was like, that's a great oh, yeah. idea. I never thought of my workout as like a suffering, but it definitely is, you know? <laughs> so I was like, that's a great idea. And my friend and I started, so we would, we would just go on the elliptical a half hour, like three times or four times a week. And we would literally pray like the rosary or like pray out loud with each other as we were running for this one person who had cancer at that time, who by God's grace, you know, ended up going into permission, which is, I mean, however God did that was great. I don't know all the details, mm. but it, it changed my experience of working out completely because yeah. there was a purpose. I could give my pain for a purpose and that made it so much easier to bear that pain. Um, so we shouldn't do it because it makes life easier for us. That's a bit so that ends up being just selfish in the end. Um, but I do think it does end up being easier to bear our suffering when we can offer it up for other people because suffering does have purpose. And actually mother Teresa, who's, who's also one of my favorite saints ever. She, um, had, she had like coworkers, she called them coworkers and the missionaries of charity. And she had one. Um, I don't remember what country her coworker was, was, um, from, but essentially these were people who, were ill in various forms. It could not work in the missions at all, but they would, their whole job for her, what they did for her ministry was to offer up their suffering for the mission. And she would write to her coworker and say, like, you are doing far more than I, than I could ever do in my day by offering up your pain for, for us, you know? So then in the spiritual war, in the spiritual realm, like in, in, in the, in God's vision and, and, and sight of the world that we don't have, there's a lot more action, you know, than what we see when we do mm-hmm. something simple, like offering something up for another person. Um, so I think that that is, that's a great motivation for us. Now we have a whole episode actually again on this on our podcast, but yeah, we realized in that episode, like, it's always a good idea to tell other people to offer up their suffering, like gauge where they're at. Like, you know, sometimes that can be a blanket response. We can say like, Hey, you're suffering, offer it up, you know, but that may not be where that person is. Like they might just be like, I just literally wanted someone to listen to me. I don't really want, I know I can offer it up. You know what I mean? Like it depends on where someone's at, but sometimes it's a great thing to do. It helps kick someone into a different mode of thinking, you know? So use it discerningly when you're sharing that with other people, but yeah, for our, for ourselves, I think it's a great motivator to help get us out of a funk sometimes when our suffering is just so difficult and heavy, you know, yeah. gives us purpose, which is awesome. And it's real. It's not just purpose. That's like to make us feel better about ourselves. It's actually real. It's efficacious. It's doing something. 
yeah. Mm-hmm. Like redemptive suffering. Wow, that's so amazing. Yeah, like I remember someone saying, like even with um working out, like uh, they would offer their workouts even for the souls in purgatory. Oh yeah. Like everything, like that's just amazing. That's awesome. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, guys, definitely do it. It does work. <laughs> it does work. Yeah, if you want to get fit, you. then offer up your work. Yeah, I'm telling you, I'm telling you. Ex- I wouldn't have got through Exodus 90 fit. without it. I wouldn't have got through Exodus 90 without it. I promise. I promise. Yeah. <laughs> That's so jokes. Okay. So kind of, I guess, uh, going off top just a little bit, just just to, because that was actually our last question about suffering. Uh, and just like we do ask every episode, because our podcast is called Desire for Holiness, mm-hmm. we're just wondering if you had any advice for anyone that wants to grow like in their own desire for holiness. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. I love that your podcast is called that because, um, and I love that the question is not just how can we grow in holiness, but how can we grow in our desire for holiness? I think that's such an important distinction because mm-hmm. it is important for us. Like that's part of the growth in holiness actually is just desiring it, you know, like, and I'm gonna be honest with you guys, it's not that easy of a thing to desire. Like it's not very natural to desire holiness, like sometimes depending on where we are. And for me, it's, I mean, all the students I've ever worked with ever know how much I'm addicted to like Netflix and YouTube and all of this stuff, you know, <laughs> and it's sadly the truth. Yeah, it really yeah. is. Yes. Um, but, and I, and so sometimes like it's, that's a great example in my life. Like if I'm, you know, I'm going to bed I don't want to, I don't feel like praying. I might just pray for like five minutes or something. And then I'll watch like a sitcom for three hours. Like that literally happens in my life. Right. And that's a perfect example of like, where are my desires at? Like my desires are not for the Lord in that situation. My desire is for, you know, a comedy or something like whatever it is that I'm watching. And I think we have to be honest with ourselves about that. I think it's very good for us to do that because Jesus works with us exactly where we are you know, um, in a certain sense, there is no shame in where you are in a certain sense. Like, of course, like being far from the Lord is not, is something that is not good. It's not, I'm not proud of that. That's not a thing we should be proud of, but also it doesn't serve us to grow in holiness again, to spend too much time being upset about where we are. Does that make sense? Like, I think we just need to accept it to an extent, just be like, okay, this, this is where I am. And there's a kind of humility that can come with that. There's a grace of humility that comes with that. Um, I'm, I'm rereading and I'm reading for the first time, Father Jacques Philippe. Like I've read some of his stuff. I haven't read all of it. I highly recommend him. If anyone who's listening to this podcast has not read any of his stuff before. Um, so the book I'm reading for the first time right now is um, searching for and maintaining interior peace. And he says, you know, it's such a good one. Oh my gosh. Recommend to everyone. And he says like, we, we have to, first of all, guard our peace because the devil, that's one of the areas of attack that the devil goes for first. And we think that the air, the battleground is like perfection, right? Like we want to be perfect as our heavenly father is perfect. So we think that the battleground is all my flaws. I have to eradicate them, but that's where the devil gets us first because we can't like we on our own are literally not capable of doing that. And the reality is as we grow in holiness, we are going to fall many times in along that journey. 
that doesn't give us an excuse to fall on, you know, like to not strive for holiness, but it tells us that it's a misdirect when we fall. If we spend too much time being upset about it, you know, like that's a misdirect from the devil. We have to take what's happened, you know, go to confession if necessary. And if it's not mortal sin, then we just bring it to the Lord in prayer with a repentant heart. And we ask, we ask for the grace to have greater repentance. We ask for the grace to want to do better, to want to bet to do better mind. Because like, for me, I don't even want to do better sometimes. Like yeah. I really like watching three hours of Netflix before I go to bed. Yeah. And I actually really want to do that. And I know that I really like it's deeper down that I, I want something more, but on this, on like, let's say 80% of me to the surface wants to watch three hours of Netflix before I go to bed. It's only really the bottom 20%. That's like, Hey, remember holiness? Like remember heaven? Remember wanting to be a soldier for God? Do you want, that's what we really want. And I know that 20% exists, but it's way down there. So I go to prayer. I just say, Lord, like, like increase that 20%, help me, help me out here, you know, give me some grace. And without panicking, you have to ask the desire for holiness and watch how God is, where the, where are the inches that God is pushing the boundaries for you and, and help him, you know, someone said to me once, like, you know, that um, maybe you guys don't know it because it's a really old movie. Jerry Maguire is a really old rom- romantic comedy. You probably know me, but it's a really old romantic comedy. <laughs> uh, it's a, it's a kind of a cult classic. Anyways, um, in it's Tom Cruise. And in that movie, he's a, he's a sports agent. He's like an agent for this football player. And his football player is like a diva, like a real diva character. And he's like, I want this and I want that. And I want all this. And, and, and Tom Cruise's character, Jeremy Maguire, he's on the phone with him. It's a really famous line. He goes, help me to help you. Help me to help you. Help mm-hmm. me help you. You know, that whole is a long So anyways, that is how I think sometimes we can approach a desire for holiness. God is already helping us. And we have to be, and this is again, St. Teresa of Avila, knowing ourselves well enough to sort of see where can we be of help to God in helping us? Like, where can we be the most effective in growing? So, and it's like, if that's the battle with the evil one. So first, don't lose your peace when your desire for holiness kind of dries up, you know? Don't lose your peace because that's number one battleground gone. Hold on to that peace. Bring that question to prayer. Ask Jesus to help you desire holiness again. Use Ignatian spirituality. I mean, I can't even start. There's so much there. (laughs) Um, It's amazing. Uh, So look it up and just start reading because there's so much there. Consolations and desolations, all this stuff. But the bottom of it all, I think, is to, to know that it's a process and God is with us and to try to help him like be strategic about it in a kind of, it's almost like a a game, like a fun game. Like how can I trick myself here? Like, how can I, you know? Um, And then when we mess up, go back to the Lord. I mean, he's our loving father. This goes back to the beginning of our episode, right? Their favorite prayer, like our father, what does our father tell us? Like forgive others. That includes ourselves. Like we have to get over ourselves to a certain extent and forgive ourselves because God forgives us and and move on to the next day. You know, he has new graces for us every day and not lose hope. So I think not lose hope. Don't lose your peace. 
and and yeah and and don't take yourself too seriously (laughs) you know (laughs) wow (laughs) <laughs> those are gems. Those are like, wow, those are. we're holding all the gems. <laughs> yeah. Hey, we're like all in the trenches. And know that you're not alone, right? Like we are in the trenches together. Like all of us who want to be holy and want to be saints and want to be in heaven are not, we're all very close to each other in the struggle. So yeah. So that's, mm-hmm. that helps too. <laughs> yeah. There we go. Perfect. And yeah. I know, I know you mentioned a couple of times, just the last question. <laughs> and you mentioned a couple of times, you mentioned you're in the Thicket podcast. So we are going to give you the opportunity right now to plug your own <laughs> podcast. So where can we find you? <laughs> That's awesome. um, yeah. So, I mean, I get to do this podcast with two very good friends of mine who are amazing, uh, Nicole and Aaron. Um, you can find us on Instagram at it's literally at in the thicket podcast. Um, we also have a website in the thicket podcast.com. And, um, yeah. And honestly, our, like, we're just kind of silly and stuff like that. And we don't take ourselves too seriously. We really don't, but our goal is really to, for people to know that they are not alone in their suffering. And we don't have necessarily fix it episodes. We have lots of great advice from some of our guests and our own experiences, but it's more about being together on the journey and realizing that, um, you know, sometimes when you're suffering, this is the biggest thing that I've experienced. It can be extremely isolating, um, depending on your, on your particular kind of suffering, uh, there may not be a lot of other people going through what you're going through. And that can feel extremely lonely because no one can really understand that, but the Lord can. And in our podcast, our hope is like, if that's you, you know, maybe you'll listen to the story of somebody else who's also living through that right now and know that, yeah, you're not alone and the Lord loves you. And there is strength to be had in the communion of the church as a, as a body of Christ. Um, and that we're not afraid to kind of look suffering in the eyes and, and really name it, you know, and not kind of have to skirt around it. So that's our, those are kind of some of the things that we hope come out of our podcast. Um, and that we get, help people go back to the Lord like bring their suffering back to the foot of the cross and receive the strength that God has for them there. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Add in the Thicket podcast. There you go. Oh, there we <laughs> go. Nice. Everybody check it out yeah. in the description. <laughs> please, <laughs> please check it out. We 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 love that podcast. So thank you guys. Over here. So <laughs> please please do check so it out good. i literally so. cried sorry <laughs> like i was watching it late at night oh i so mean good. you know we love it when people cry we don't want to make you cry but it's kind of awesome we'll take it you know you got them in the heart you know right <laughs> yeah. it's like please cry but like if you don't need yeah. to don't <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. but, but, but please, please but if you cry. do uh you know film it and then post it on instagram no, i'm kidding yeah. don't do that that is not what we want on instagram at the thicket podcast so right. so tag us <laughs> oh gosh yeah that's so so funny man i would do that that'd be hilarious check my story guys i'm kidding i wouldn't do that no we don't want to make you cry john and plus you have olaf you're never gonna cry oh yeah he's always there he'll dry your tears yeah because of olaf i wouldn't i wouldn't oh actually i did i did well like because the movie frozen but like we won't go we won't go to that 
I'm in a very emotional <laughs> Actually, person. can we just take it, like, if anybody who does listen to our podcast, the first season, I think I talk about Frozen, like, Frozen 2, because I actually, yes. I'm, I'm, a, I'm in, again, in my 30s, so I'm like a Disney, I grew up on Disney and all this kind of stuff, and to be honest, like, the newer Disney movies, they're not my... I like them. They're not like my favorite favorite. So Frozen, like I liked it, but I wasn't like, and also everyone that I knew at the time was practicing law had like a six-year-old daughter and they were always <laughs> talking about let it go. And I was just like, just, I can't, I cannot, not, <laughs> not again, you know? But so I was kind of done with the first one, but I watched the second one and it is like actually so, so good. good the story so is so good. good and I have talked about the song that Anna sings um you know um oh my gosh I can't remember the name of it now but it's like when when she's trying to move forward and she's in like the literally the depths oh, of the yeah. suffering like they died well she thinks yeah spoilers just anyone who hasn't seen frozen we just spoiled it for you but well, you well, should you should have seen it fun yeah, yeah, to, to be fair like yeah it's been a while so. <laughs> sorry yeah, forgot about that. um but yeah like she sings this beautiful song and i was obsessed with the song because i think it it really bring it's in a certain way it tells you how to walk through suffering in in a in, in spiritually in a good way you know and it's and it's so cathartic to like hear that song or sing that song if you're suffering at all like <laughs> yeah. I love singing and I would like belt that song out like every now and then I was like oh I love this song so I know it by heart I won't even start right now but like it's so good is it into the unknown is that the song no yeah. it's um and, uh, well that one's good too but <laughs> yeah that one's really good but this one, this one was special to me. And actually, oh, I wish I could, I could remember it, the name of it. <laughs> I know that, anyways, but they wrote, they wrote the song. The songwriters wrote this song. I mean, for, um, I think someone who was involved in making the films who had lost their child. So like they were going, they were literally, like the song is actually written for someone who's in the middle of like in the thicket, let's say of like really deep suffering, you know? And I think it comes from that, you know, there's a universal place where everybody is who's created in God's image and likeness. Like we do, we have that, you know, imprint of God in us and, and wherever anyone gives God an inch, like he'll take it, you know, and, and a lot of creative inspiration, I think, I think personally, like the Holy Spirit really is responsible for so much of the beauty, for all the beauty in the world, right? So whenever something really beautiful comes about, I always, like, how do we see the Lord in it? How do we see the Holy Spirit in it? And I think the song is such an inspired song from that perspective. So yeah. anyways, there's a Frozen 2 plug for you, which is really <laughs> appropriate. Please watch, please watch it if you haven't already. Yeah. <laughs> I think the song is called The Next Right Thing. Yes, that's what it's called. Oh, the there next right It's so good. Yeah. The Next so Right Thing. Yeah. Wow. Oh, I have the It's very it. intense. It's very, it's very intense. I'm going to tell you that right that's now. Good. If you're not in an intense, like, you know, melancholic mood, you're not going to enjoy it. But if you are, it's your jam. Trust me. Listen <laughs> to it. <laughs> that's that's crazy <laughs> okay. okay i feel like disney owes me a commission like the number of times i've recommended <laughs> that song like, like on air to different people get, get a yeah i need it? some i need some of that disney money <laughs> some, some disney money yep. <laughs> or free tickets to one of the parks yeah. <laughs> yes. Bro, that's so funny that's so get some ad revenue for them or 
Yeah, like in the thicket, sponsored by Disney. (laughs) (laughs) A brand new, it's just a brand new. Yeah, right. Uh, I don't think that'll ever happen, but maybe, 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 maybe. That's funny. Oh my gosh, that's hilarious. Okay, so let's just let's before we get too carried away with Frozen Two, because I could probably talk about Frozen Mm -hmm. all day. But um, but yeah so um yeah basically yeah that's all the questions that we have um so just like we do with other episodes rachel would you like to lead us in a closing prayer before we end the episode i would love to okay in the name of the father and the son and the holy spirit amen come holy spirit help us to be aware of your presence help us to allow you to move and direct our hearts and minds our, um, our emotions, everything that's happening in our lives right now to you. Help us to receive the love that you have for us. Lord, we ask that you would take this conversation, that anyone who hears it may be blessed by it, that they would take away only what is for their good, what is according to your will, what will bless them, what will help them. We ask that you would bless each one of us here Help us to know that your will for our lives is our greatest good. Help us to know that in the midst of our sufferings, you are with us. We are never alone. And that you are using every part of our lives that we surrender to you for um, a great plan for your kingdom, for us and for others. Lord, we ask that you would Bless all those in the world right now who are suffering in devastating ways. Give them the grace and the strength that they need to encounter you and to do your will in their lives. We pray for a desire for holiness, Jesus, for each one of us, for everyone listening, and for everyone in the world, especially the church, that um, as your body, as a community, that... um, that is built on your love, that we would really desire you, that we would really desire holiness above all things to be in heaven with you forever. Mary, we offer all of our desires, our intentions, our hopes, our misgivings and faults, all of it to Jesus through your um, wonderful intercession and love for us. We also ask for the intercession today of Mother Teresa and St. Teresa of Avila and all the saints who are our brothers and sisters in heaven praying for us right now. Amen. The Father and Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. And the last thing we want to mention is that at the end of our episodes, we like drawing a challenge from some point in our conversation. So for all our listeners, and I guess us as well because we should do this too um whether (laughs) you do it through offering up a workout or you know (laughs) writing out the names in a book we challenge you guys to offer your sufferings for someone you love or maybe someone you just see randomly Mm -hmm. literally anyone (laughs) yeah we all need it yeah (laughs) everyone needs yeah that's awesome i love Mm -hmm. it yes and so in closing from some parting words from our amazing St. Teresa of Lisieux, holiness consists of simply in doing God's will 
and being just what God wants us to be. So with that, we'd like to wish you all an amazing day and see you all next time. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>